Welcome to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa and Broken Arrow. Glad to have you joining us today. This is the second Monday of Lent. How's everything going for you? Are you are you able to keep up with your Lenten fast? Remember, we're we're laying down things that, uh, that maybe they're not, they're not sin, but they're at least distractions or things that that uh, take up our appetites, things that we crave or long for, and we're doing that one uh, to to notice how indebted, how addicted we are to those things that that attract us to our appetites, uh, whether that be food, whether that be a certain kind of food or an activity like uh, computer games or whatever it is that you're giving up for Lent, uh, we. We see our own dependence and weakness on the things that are really transient, things that uh, that don't last. And in doing that, we try to increase our appetite for those things that do last, for the Word of God, for the presence of Christ. And so uh, not only do we lay things down for Lent, but we pick things up for Lent. We pick up a spiritual practice. Maybe for you, uh, you've begun reading through the Liturgy of the Hours, praying the Liturgy of the Hours with the Church. Maybe for you, you're doing some spiritual reading, picking up a, a book or a study that really increases your faith. Maybe you're, you're deciding to pray a rosary every day. But during this season of Lent, uh, we act out these, uh, these penances. We live a penitent life to, uh, to prepare ourselves for Easter. Because it's only when we see our own weaknesses that we can glory more fully in, uh, in the victory of Christ over death and over our sin. So how is your Lenten fast going? I'd like to know. Uh, we have that hashtag up, hashtag lay it down, pick it up. Uh, and you can do that on Facebook or Twitter. Why don't you just write a status talking about how your Lenten fast is going and just push put that hashtag in there and that way it'll be searchable and we can all together as a community encourage one another as we walk through this Lenten fast. Well, of course, last week on the show, uh, we had a wonderful guest who was anonymous uh, but gave us just some beautiful insight into his life uh, and, and how he lives always in the pursuit of virtue, something that we could all benefit from, uh, whatever it is that tempts us and that weighs us down, uh, is this draw and this call to live the life of virtue. And so when he did that, it kind of sat with me for a while, and I was thinking maybe throughout Lent, let's do shows based on laying things down and picking things up. Going back to that scripture in Hebrews 12, where it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us, and persevere in running the race that lies before us while keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the leader and perfecter of our faith. And so in that, uh, you know, you've got burdens uh, we rid ourselves of every burden. Those are things that aren't necessarily sins, but they just weigh us down. They're things that that don't uh, that don't promote our growth in virtue. They they just things uh, and lay aside every burden and every sin that clings to us. So this is a time not only of repentance but also of refocusing. Uh, and so today, what I wanted to do is to talk about the sacrament of confession because really that's one of the the best ways that we can lay aside our burdens and the sins that cling to us, is to go into the sacrament of confession, receive absolution, and go out to live 
uh, in fullness of forgiveness and fullness of life. So today we're going to talk about confession. We've got uh, Father Gary Castle is going to come in and talk to us from the priestly perspective. Uh, and then I also maybe uh, will have some time and I'll talk uh, some apologetics. Uh, some of the things that you may hear uh, your non-Catholic friends ask you about confession, maybe you don't know the answer. So we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about the reasons for confession Uh, have the priestly perspective of confession as well. So again, today we're going to try and rush through things here at the start and get through as much as we can uh, in this first segment. So let's open the day together in prayer. And today's prayer comes from the breviary, uh, and it is out of morning prayer. Blessed be God the Father for his gift of this sacrifice of praise. In the spirit of this Lenten season, let us pray. Instruct us, Lord, in the ways of your kingdom. God of power and mercy, give us the spirit of prayer and repentance. With burning love for you and all mankind, instruct us, Lord, in the ways of your kingdom. Help us to work with you in making all things new in Christ and in spreading justice and peace throughout the world. Instruct us, Lord, in the ways of your kingdom. Teach us the meaning and value of creation, so that we may join its voice to ours as we sing your praise. Instruct us, Lord, in the ways of your kingdom. Forgive us for failing to see Christ in the poor, the distressed, and the troublesome, and for our failure to reverence your Son in their persons. Instruct us, Lord, in the ways of your kingdom. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God our Father, teach us to find new life through penance. Keep us from sin, and help us to live by your commandment of love. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Well, today's reading from uh, for Mass readings, our first reading comes from Daniel 9, and we read this, Lord, great and awesome God, you who keep your merciful covenant toward those who love you and observe your commandments. We have sinned, been wicked, and done evil. We have rebelled and departed from your commandments and your laws. We have not obeyed your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, our fathers, and all the people of the land. Justice, O Lord, is on your side. We are shamefaced even to this day. We, the men of Judah, the residents of Jerusalem, and all Israel, near and far, in all the countries to which you have scattered them because of their treachery toward you. O Lord, we are shamefaced, like our kings, our princes, and our fathers, for having sinned against you. But yours, O Lord our God, are compassion and forgiveness. Yet we rebelled against you, and we paid no heed to your command, O Lord our God to live by the law you gave us through your servants, the prophets. That reading comes from the book of Daniel, chapter 9. Today's responsorial psalm comes from Psalm 79. Lord, 
do not deal with us according to our sins. Remember not against us the iniquities of the past. May your compassion quickly come to us, for we are brought very low. Lord, do not deal with us according to our sins. Help us, O God, our Savior, because of the glory of your name. Deliver us and pardon our sins for your name's sake. Lord, do not deal with us according to our sins. Let the prisoners sighing come before you. With your great power, free those doomed to death. Then we, your people, and the sheep of your pasture, will give thanks to you forever. Through all generations, we will declare your praise. Lord, do not deal with us according to our sins. Today's Gospel comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6. Jesus said to his disciples, Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Stop judging, and you will not be judged. Stop condemning, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and gifts will be given to you. A good measure, packed together, shaken down, and overflowing, will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you measure will in return be measured out to you. That Gospel reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6. Today's reading from Church History comes from the Treatise on the Psalms by St. Hilary of Poitiers, a bishop. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who walk in His ways. Notice that when the Scripture speaks of the fear of the Lord, it does not leave the phrase in isolation as if it were a complete summary of faith. No, many things are added to it, or are presupposed by it, From these we may learn its meaning and excellence. In the book of Proverbs, Solomon tells us, If you cry out for wisdom and raise your voice for understanding, if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. We see here the difficult journey we must undertake before we can arrive at the fear of the Lord. We must begin by crying out for wisdom. We must hand over to our intellect the duty of making every decision. We must look for wisdom and search for it. Then we must understand the fear of the Lord. Fear is not to be taken in the sense that common usage gives it. Fear in this ordinary sense is the trepidation our weak humanity feels when it is afraid of suffering something that it does not want to happen. We are afraid or are made afraid because of a guilty conscience, the rights of someone more powerful, an attack from someone who is stronger, sickness, encountering a wild beast, suffering evil in any form. This kind of fear is not taught. It happens because we are weak. We do not have to learn what we should fear. Objects of fear bring their own terror with them. But of the fear of the Lord, this is what is written. Come, my children, listen to me, and I shall teach you the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord has then to be learned, because it can be taught. It does not lie in terror, but in something that can be taught. It does not arise from the fearfulness of our nature. It has to be acquired by obedience to the commandments, by holiness of life, and by knowledge of the truth. For us, the fear of God consists wholly in love, 
and perfect love of God brings our fear of Him to its perfection. Our love for God is entrusted with its own responsibility to observe His counsels, to obey His laws, to trust His promises. Let us hear what the Scripture says. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you except to fear the Lord your God and walk in all His ways and love Him and keep His commandments with your whole heart and your whole soul so that it may be well for you? The ways of the Lord are many, though He Himself is the way. When He speaks of Himself, He calls Himself the way and shows us the reason why He called Himself the way. No one can come to the Father except through me. We must ask for these many ways to find the one that is good. That is, we shall find the one way of eternal life through the guidance of many teachers. These ways are found in the law, in the prophets, in the gospels, in the writings of the apostles, in the different good works by which we fulfill the commandments. Blessed are those who walk these ways in the fear of the Lord. That reading again comes from a treatise on the Psalms by St. Hilary of Poitiers. It's not uncommon when we talk about confession or repentance to think of it in the context of terror, as as St. Hilary brought up, uh, that we're afraid of of judgment, we're afraid of hell or even of purgatory, and yet that's not what the church is asking of us. It's not a matter of Catholic guilt or don't you feel bad about uh, what you've done and you better get back in God's good graces or else. Rather, it's a desire to be in union and in unity with God uh, that is the true fear of the Lord. That That's not a product of terror, but rather uh, a, maybe a fear of the loss of an intimate relationship. Of course, we don't have a lot of time to get into this right here, but we are going to be talking today about the sacrament of confession. Uh, and we'll, we'll be approaching that from a number of different ways. So I do hope that you'll stick with me through the break. Of course, later we've got some Matthew Kelly tickets to give away, so stick around. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow. This is Father Joe Townsend from St. Benedict's in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and you are listening to Outside the Walls on 102.9 St. Michael Catholic Radio. Thank you, Father Joe, and thank you for tuning in. We've got a special guest in studio today on this second Monday of the season of Lent. Uh, We have Father Gary Castle from St. Anne's Catholic Church in Broken Arrow. Thank you, Father Castle, for coming in. It is my pleasure to be here. Thank you, Timothy. So today we've been talking about, and we're going to be talking as we go forward in the show, about the sacrament of confession. And we, we've got this theme in the season of Lent coming from the 12th chapter of, of the book of Hebrews, that we uh, lay down those things which so easily uh, weigh us down and the sin that easily entangles us, and keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, press on. And so this idea of uh, you know giving up things for Lent and picking up spiritual practices is that that practice of laying down the weights, not only the weights, uh, but also the sins and moving forward in virtue. Uh, And so, uh, you know, as I think about 
the sacrament of confession. For me, it's it's one of my favorite sacraments because there's this. Uh, I spent so long in in the Protestant Church where the the idea was I could just go straight to God and uh, and I didn't have to worry about anything else. And yet, uh, I had trouble really appropriating the forgiveness that everyone told me was mine. And you know, I'd ask God to forgive me and. And maybe I'd feel it for a moment, but then three days down the road, I would have this this nagging question of, was I really forgiven? And and I, I just felt really entrapped by those things until I experienced the sacrament of confession for the first time. And I had an assurance and a knowing, and through uh, the ministry of the church and through the words of the priest, I was assured of the forgiveness of God. Uh, and so for me, it's a very... Uh, meaningful sacrament. It's a very freeing sacrament because I lived so long in in the other uh, realm of doing things. Uh, but uh, there are a lot of people who are reticent to approach the sacrament of confession. And so I wanted to get a priestly perspective on the sacrament and ask you just maybe some frequently asked questions, as it were. Uh, so one of the things that I've, I've heard surrounding the sacrament of confession before is, well, you know, I'm I'm really nervous to go to a priest because I've got to see him uh, week in and week out, and I'm not sure that I want anyone else knowing these kind of things. I don't. I, I would feel uncomfortable with a priest knowing the things that I've said to him in confession. So, can you give us the priestly perspective on what you see from your side of the screen? I think the number one thing for uh, any person to remember when they come to the sacrament of reconciliation. Um, it's not necessarily just the person sitting behind the screen, but it's a person who has been ordained um, to celebrate the sacramental life of the church. And one of those sacraments, obviously, as we're talking about today, is the sacrament of reconciliation. Um, and so as I sit there as a priest, um, I'm not sitting sitting there as a brother um, to judge another brother. I'm sitting there um, kind of in the person of Christ uh, through the sacramental um, ministry of the priesthood, um, dispensing the grace that Christ desires for all of the faithful to receive. And so as someone comes before me, you know, feeling guilt, feeling shame, feeling embarrassed, um, my number one uh, goal or desire in that moment um, is to listen then to them with compassion and mercy, um, to really listen uh, to what they're struggling with, their burdens, um, and then hopefully speak some word of, of hope um, into the midst of the struggle. Um, a hope that really is grounded in the forgiveness that Christ desires to offer to anyone who has a humble and contrite heart, anyone who truly has that contrition and that desire to move away from that sin, that firm resolve for conversion in life. And so as I experience that desire to be rid of sin, to be um, turning away from that which divides us back to the one who unites us, there's great joy uh, in, in being able to offer those um, very comforting words to a person who comes with humility and, and some anxiety. And so I'm not there to judge. I'm not there to remember. I'm not there to um, to beat them up. Oftentimes, say people come to the box uh, with enough guilt on their own, and it's not my job to inflict more upon them, but it's my job to um, pronounce those words of absolution, um, which are mercy and new life. Talk a little bit about uh, the, the seal of confession that the Catholic Church has given us, uh, which is something that that really doesn't exist anywhere else. Uh, you know, I grew up in in the Methodist Church where there was a sense of whatever you tell the pastor is confidential, but then of course he'd tell another pastor because it, you know it's in confidence and pastors don't talk to anyone else but pastors. And yet in the Catholic Church we have the seal of confession, which really even prevents that from going on. 
Yeah, so whatever is shared in confession, um, I am obliged uh, by the penalty of excommunication to hold in secret whatever is shared with me in the sacrament of reconciliation. And I think that that, that rule within the church that is taken um, very seriously, I mean, no exceptions, um, is an absolute way to protect uh, the penitent who's coming um, to receive mercy, that what they share in that, in that, that space um, is not to be remembered, it's not to be spoken of, it's not to be um, shared outside of there, um, because what happens in that space is it's forgiven, um, it's wiped away, it's taken um, from that person's life. And so um, kind of following that belief, um, the priest is not to speak about the sin anymore because the sin no longer exists. Mm-hmm. And, and so it gives that person who's coming to confession um, absolute trust and confidence that they can bear their soul, they can open themselves um, to that mercy of God. And, you know, on a very human level, it's amazing what happens when you let that secret out to another person. Um, There's healing in being able to speak um, the sin, to speak the struggle. And that seal of reconciliation um, just grants that person absolute confidence that no matter what they say, no matter how heinous or how much embarrassment it causes them, the priest can never bring it up to them again. The priest can never speak to their parents about it. The priest can't ever make reference to it in any way. Um, And so they have absolute protection and confidence in that space. Mm-hmm. Now, something that, that even I have wrestled with in thinking about confession is this this idea that we know that you can confess anything, but that confession is is specifically uh, necessary and required for, for mortal sins. And of course, the venial sins are covered in the, in the prayer at the beginning of Mass, I confess to Almighty God, or, or even the Kyrie eleison. Uh, but... So one of the things that that I think about is, okay, well, is that is that thing that I just did that I feel guilty for? Is that really a, a mortal sin? Does it meet those uh, criteria, or is it just a venial sin? And is this something I really need to go to confession for? And how would a person uh, really discern that need to go to confession? Well, obviously, um, one can go to confession for both venial and mortal. Um, but, it, but to your point, the mortal sins must be confessed. And so when we think about the Ten Commandments, um, you know, those would be I mean, really a great way to kind of start to consider, you know, did I have full knowledge? Did I have the freedom? And did I act in such a way that I violated very directly one of the Ten Commandments? And if I've done that, I need to seek the sacrament of reconciliation to be forgiven and to be restored um, fully in my relationship with Christ. And also the, the reality is sin doesn't happen in a vacuum. All of our sins affect other people. And so that reconcilia- reconciliation is also a reunification of the human relationships that are that are broken. And so I think that would be a good place to start is getting a good examine that takes uh, the Ten Commandments that kind of breaks them down into everyday living. And um, as you do that examine, as you spend some time reflecting on what are the ways that the Ten Commandments um, apply to my life um, in multiple ways, and if I find myself now knowing that, finding myself having the freedom um, to choose or not to choose something, and if I'm choosing to do it, I need to confess that. But for the venial sins, I dare say, as I oftentimes say, it's the grit of life. It's kind of the gritty things. It's not a sever you know, between our relationship, uh, between ourselves and God, but it's kind of the barnacles on the ship that can at times mm-hmm. collect. Um, you know, the more that we go to confession, the more we have that firm resolve, the more we receive the grace um, there is the hope that we can remove those things from our lives. And that's what the sacrament is there for. It's to give us grace. It's to give us um, the strength 
um, to turn away from sin and to embrace a life of virtue. Now, you mentioned the examine, this examination of conscience. Uh, are there any examinations of conscience that you know of that you find to be particularly helpful or you know that other people have found to be particularly helpful? And, and where might someone get a hold of those things? Well, I think the bishops of our country have done a great job in developing their website to uh, no longer just be information sharing about uh, the conference, but very practical tools for um, faithful Catholics to grow in their faith. And on the USCCB's website, so www.usccb.org, under the Sacraments tab, you'll find the, the, the tab for uh, Penance and Reconciliation. And within the website there, what I appreciate about what they provided, um, they provided multiple examination of consciences um, kind of based on your state in life. Okay. So are you a young adult? Are you a young married person? Are you an older married person? Are you a child? Are you in high school? They've kind of broken out um, the examine and have given um, some ways for these different people in these different states in life to reflect upon how they're living um, a life of virtue. Because as we move through life, um, temptations and and different, uh, even even as kind of our innocence, innocence is taken away from us, things change and our culpability um, increases. Mm-hmm. And so it's good, I think, to have those examines that are geared really to where you are and what your vocation is. And how often would you recommend a person go through that examination of conscience? Um, often. Um, and once again, I think the, we have to kind of approach this from a, kind of an appreciative perspective. Um, we're not examining our conscience um, as a way to uh, to see how guilty we can make ourselves. Um, <laughs> we're examining our conscience as a way of forming our conscience. And so the more we examine and the more we use kind of clearly um, identified examination of consciences, they help us form our conscience to understand, well, you know, I never thought that that was Mm-hmm. A sin, or I never thought that that would apply to the first or second commandment. But wow, I, I see how that happens. And I've been doing that, but now I have the knowledge. Um, I can now do something about it. Yeah. I'm no longer stuck in that. And the Liturgy of the Hours, uh, that which is the public prayer of the church in Compline every night, that night prayer, there's in every night there's an examination of conscience. And so you and your, your brother priests and, and deacons and monks and nuns all over the world, they do that examination of conscience every day to some extent. Yes, I would say a daily examine is uh, very necessary. Um, I was just making the distinction between you know the large kind of more robust uh, examines versus just right. simply at the end of the day, kind of taking a deep breath, inviting the Holy Spirit to help you kind of be aware of the sins of omission or sins of commission, those things that you have done or the things that you have not done. And I think all of us who have somewhat of a well-formed conscience are quickly aware of those moments in the day where we were or we were not Christ-like. And um, it is good for us to clear our consciences to really ask the Lord for forgiveness daily. And the more we do that, the quicker we are to probably move ourselves away from those sins that tend to nag at us. Well, Father, we've got one more question for you, but we're running into a hard break. And so we're going to take just a moment, uh, get a word from our sponsors, and we'll come right back and talk to Father Castle a little bit further. You are listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow.
the fun? You're listening to Outside the Walls with our daddy on St. Michael Catholic Radio 102.9 FM. Thank you, kids, and thank you for sticking around through the break. You're listening to Timothy Putnam on Outside the Walls. I'm here in the studio with Father Gary Castle from St. Anne's Catholic Church in Broken Arrow, and we're talking about the Sacrament of Reconciliation or of Confession. Uh, and so we've got just another question to ask him, one really a two-part question to ask him here, and then he's going to ask you a question, the trivia question for this week's prize. We're giving away two tickets to Matthew Kelly, who's coming into town on March 7th. And once he asks that question, you can answer it, either by going to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash step outside the walls, or to our Twitter, which our handle there is at outside the walls, uh, or you can now give me a call. Uh, you can reach that phone number at 918-928-KPIM. That's 918-928-KPIM. And you can answer the question there. And the first person to answer the question that Father Castle has later in the show uh, will get those two tickets to Matthew Kelly coming up just, I think, this next week. Uh, so exciting times, right? Well, Father Castle, thank you for sticking around through the break and, and for being on the show today. My pleasure. It's been a joy to share about this wonderful sacrament of reconciliation. So last question for you. Uh, Let's say that a person uh, has uh, committed a sin that they feel may be mortal. They're not sure. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, or maybe they are sure, uh, but their their schedules have not lined up for them to go to uh, reconciliation yet. And they find themselves at mass uh, and they feel maybe a little bit uncomfortable because everyone else is going forward and, and they're not, and, or, or, or they feel like they shouldn't, or they don't know what to do. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard various opinions on, on how a person should respond in that situation. And so we want to ask you, uh, what, what do you recommend? And then also another scenario that may be closely associated is you've got someone who's been away from the church or, or maybe hasn't gone to confession in a couple of years or a couple of decades, and they find themselves now at a mass and they're uncertain how they should proceed. So how would that person approach the sacrament of reconciliation uh, and what are their responsibilities when they're in that mass uh, before they've been able to go to reconciliation? That's a great question, and um, it's a it's a question I think that um, that is worth consideration because when when we believe a person has committed a mortal sin, um, it is a true rupture, you know, in their relationship between um, themselves and God. And the Church has been very clear in her teaching that a true mortal sin that a person has committed um, necessitates the sacrament of reconciliation for for for, for forgiveness and full restoration. Um, of the person's relationship between themselves and God. And so in that situation, I would invite the person, you know, if they are certain that that is the state that their soul is in, is to seek the sacrament of reconciliation before they approach the Eucharist. And so if they find themselves um, feeling embarrassed and not sure what to do, um, they can always present themselves for a blessing by crossing their arms and simply asking the priest or deacon or um, the person who is uh, distributing Holy Communion um, just to give them a blessing. Now that's crossing their arms across their chest and not, you know, across their yeah, their not not crossing their arms like I'm angry because I can't receive <laughs> communion, but it's more of a crossing our arms uh, across our chest, uh, kind of in humility, asking for a blessing. Okay. And thanks be to God, um, there are many confessionals uh, uh, that are open um, in the church, mm-hmm. and if you cannot find a confessional that is open, 
um, I would encourage you to call the, the church office and schedule an appointment with Father. There have been times that someone still wants to remain anonymous and have not been able to make it to confession, and they've simply said, can you be in the box at 11 o'clock? Can you be in the confession at 11 o'clock? I would like to come to confession but remain anonymous. Mm-hmm. And so I've gone, and I have placed myself in the confessional, and they have come, and they have gone. And mm-hmm. I don't know who they are because they wanted to remain anonymous, but their, their, their schedules, for some reason, didn't match up with yeah. the parish. I saw uh, today uh, that Pope Francis has has called, has encouraged churches around the world to have a 24-hour period of of reconciliation and penance uh, where the the parishes remain open. I think coming up on March 12th and 13th, uh, I'll post a link to that on social media, but I I haven't yet heard if we have a response here in the Diocese of Tulsa, but just the, the idea that uh, our Holy Father is making that more of a priority and trying to emphasize that. I think that's a, a wonderful thing. Absolutely. And to the second question that you asked um, within the question around those who have been away from the church, um, again, uh, I would just encourage them to, to trust uh, in the mercy of God and to trust that the priest in whom they are going to make their confession with is merciful. And I think for them just to be transparent on the front end when they come into the confessional to say, you know what, Father, it's been five years, 10 years, 30 years, 40 years since I made my last confession, and I'm nervous, you know, so it kind of helped me get through this. Um, I think uh, any priest uh, who encounters a person in in that place um, is going to welcome them back, is going to thank them for coming to confession, is going to celebrate with them that they've had um, kind of the humility and the courage uh, to walk through that door. Um, and I can promise you that our uh, the priest in this diocese uh, will uh, take them by the hand and help them through that confession. Mm-hmm. Um, again, um, it's not our place to be uh, the judge. It's our place to be the dispenser of mercy. And um, I just would, would encourage maybe those who are listening today um, to take, maybe who've been away from the sacrament, take some time to examine your conscience and then just to trust, um, to trust that the sacrament is there for you and, and, and trust that the priest will be kind and gentle as you re-enter into that place of grace. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Father Castle, for being on the show today and for giving us the priestly perspective on the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Before you go, I would like for you to ask a trivia question that will allow us to give away uh, two tickets to the Matthew Kelly event coming up this March 7th. So do you have something in mind? I do. So my question is this. So according to the law of the church, how often must one make a good confession and receive the Eucharist? Okay, so according to the law of the church, how often must you make a good confession, receive the sacrament of reconciliation and the sacrament of the Eucharist? You can answer that on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash step outside the walls. You can also answer on Twitter. Our handle there is at outside the walls or brand new way you can get a hold of me now by phone and answer that question. The phone number is 918-928-KPIM. That's 918-928-KPIM. So we'll be waiting for your responses and uh, we will give you the first person who answers that question. We'll give you two tickets to the Matthew Kelly event coming up on March 7th. Father Castle provided us with some answers to to commonly asked questions that that we Catholics might ask or be curious about concerning the sacrament of confession. Uh, But there are some other questions. Maybe your friends and neighbors or family members who aren't Catholic, maybe maybe they have their own questions as well. Maybe they've presented you with a question that that you couldn't quite answer uh, as to why we go to a Catholic priest to ask uh, to, to confess our sins 
and then ask for absolution. Uh, while they may have some correlation of pastoral counseling or of an accountability partner in their tradition, uh, generally non-Catholics do not have this concept of going to a priest, going to, to a religious authority to seek absolution. They generally say, well, we go straight to God, uh, and so we shouldn't really go through a person because in the book of Timothy it says there's one mediator between God and man, and that's the man Jesus Christ. So why would you go uh, to another person to be a mediator between you and God? Now, that topic, that question in and of itself could be a whole show, and we really don't have enough time to treat it thoroughly, but I do want to bring up to you some some ways that you can respond to that. So I've got Verbum open, and I've typed in confession, and it's pulled up a whole bunch of different scriptures that we're going to look at today uh, in regard to confession. And we're going to start all the way back in the Old Testament. We're going to follow a thread through to the New Testament. In Leviticus 5.5, we read, When you realize your guilt in any of these, you shall confess the sin that you have committed, and you shall bring to the Lord as your penalty for sin that you have committed, and then there's a sacrifice involved. In Psalm 32, 5, we read, Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Uh, moving forward, in Proverbs 28, 13, we read, He who conceals his transgression will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. In Matthew 3, 6, we see that uh, those who were coming to John the Baptist were baptized by him in the River Jordan, confessing their sins. Uh, in John, 1 John 1, 9, we read, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In the book of James, chapter 5, we read about the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, where the elders come and anoint the person who is sick. And we read this at the end of that. Therefore, Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And then the last one we're going to look at here today uh, is the book of Acts. In chapter 19, we see that many of those who are now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. Uh, and so we see here a very biblical strand of confession. And, and confession is more than just acknowledging internally that we have sinned, but confession has a verbal component to it, where we audibly acknowledge and audibly uh, declare and, and proclaim that we've sinned and, and seek forgiveness in that. And because of the seal of confession, we have a way to do that that is still uh, secure, that, that it's not going out and we're we, we don't run the risk of, of having uh, slander or judgment on those things when we come and confess them to God. We, we bring them to his ministers, to the priests, uh, and then through their ministry, by the power of God, they forgive our sins. Now, who gave them this authority? Well, Jesus did in, in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 20. He says, As the Father sent me, so I send you. If you forgive the sins of any... They are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So we see that Christ has passed his authority on to his priests. You are listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio. Welcome back to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam. Today we're talking about the Sacrament of Reconciliation, where we find forgiveness and freedom. As freedom was hammered to a dark room wall that let the light shine through. 
secrets carry you. Carrying secrets to the grave is impossible to do. The secrets carry you. I can't tell you how true that is. And maybe you don't have really any secrets and you are a blessed person if that's the case. But if you have ever been a person to live with secrets, you know how uh, imprisoning they can be. Uh, That song is from Andy Gullihorn. He and his wife, Jill Phillips, have provided all the bumper music for our show, and we're very grateful to them. You can find their music at andygullihorn.com or at jillphillips.com. She has two L's in her last name. Uh, So andygullihorn.com, it's just like it sounds, uh, G-U-L-L-A-H-O-R-N. That song is called The Secret, and it's available on his album Room to Breathe, which you can find either on his website or on iTunes. Uh, He's one of my favorite artists. He's a true lyricist, in addition to being a fantastic musician as well. Uh, So I encourage you, one, to go find his music. Go find his wife's music. They've got some great stuff out there. But two is that if you are carrying a secret and it's one that you have not yet let go of, I encourage you uh, to avail yourself of the sacrament of reconciliation, to let go of those things which we think that we're holding on to, but really they're holding on to us. Really, they're the, the secret is in charge and we're not really in charge when we when we keep it around. Uh, The secret drags us into quiet places uh, away from relationship, and it damages our relationships with those around us, with those closest to us, our family, uh, our wives, our children, our husbands. It also damages our relationship with God, not because God is going anywhere, not because he is hiding from us, but rather the secret has such power over us that we decide that If we get too close to God, the light of his presence would reveal that which we'd rather not have in the light. Uh, Secrets are detrimental, damaging things. Not not only do secrets carry us to the grave, as the song so aptly says at the end, uh, but they carry us there faster than we would otherwise go. So I encourage you, I hope that that Father Castle coming on the show today uh, gave you a sense of of the comfort that is available through the sacrament of confession and that it's not a thing of guilt. It's not a thing of shame, but rather it is the removal of shame because God gave uh, in Christ, gave his authority to his bishops and his priests uh, to forgive sins and to retain them. Whosoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. That's from the gospel of John chapter 20. And so I do just implore you, to avail yourself of the sacrament of confession. Maybe you haven't been in a very long time and you don't even know what it would be like to walk back into the walls of a church. One, I want to thank you for listening to the show, and I hope that uh, that you will continue listening in days to come. Uh, but I want to encourage you, uh, once you make it into the parking lot, once you make it through the door, once you make it into the confessional, it will be worth all the effort that you put into it. It will be worth it. Uh, if you are not a Catholic and you're listening to the show and and you have some more questions about the sacrament of confession, maybe I didn't answer uh, your objections or your questions very clearly here today, well, then I invite you to come and ask those questions on social media. You can find me there at Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash step outside the walls. You can also find me at Twitter. Uh, my handle there is at outside the walls. 
if you're not quite wanting to put something out there so publicly, you can send me an email at outside the walls at stmichaelradio.com, stmichaelradio.com. Uh, we also now have a phone number. You can give me a call at 918-928-KPIM. That's 918-928-KPIM. As we are in this Lenten season and we're examining ourselves, we're seeing our own fallenness and our weakness. We look at our own sins and we realize how incapable we are of finding God's favor. And yet we're coming up to Easter, that that time where we recognize and celebrate and rejoice that Christ has come on our behalf to die for our weaknesses, to die for our sins, to strengthen us by his mighty power, to let us know the love of God and to come back into relationship with God the Father. Be watching social media this week because I'll put up some links that, uh, that deal with this topic a little bit more fully. Of course, uh, we're running out of time, but I want to give you a couple of more pieces of information. Again, March 7th is the day that uh, that Matthew Kelly is coming into town with Elliot Morris. You can still get those tickets online at dynamiccatholic.com. Uh, you can also, if you haven't yet, you can answer my trivia question uh, and win a ticket, uh, two tickets to that event. And then also that next week, uh, March 7th and 8th, during Mass, and then also March 9th through 11th at 7 p.m. at St. Anne's Parish, where Father Gary Castle is the pastor. They have uh, Father Godfrey Mullen, who is a Benedictine, coming in uh, to, to speak about getting the most out of Mass. Maybe you just want an opportunity to, to learn a little bit more fully what the Mass is about uh, as a Catholic, and this during this season of Lent is a good time to do that. But maybe you're not a Catholic, and you have your own, uh, you have your own church. You're, maybe you're curious about Catholicism, but you have your own uh, obligations on Sunday, and you, you can never seem to make it to Mass. This would be a great time to come. Uh, every night, March 9th through 11th at 7 p.m., uh, we'll have a Mass, and then this Benedictine, Father Godfrey Mullen, is going to come and speak to us about getting the most out of Mass. I'll have links to that on our social media sites, facebook.com slash step outside the walls. You can also find out more information by going to stanneba.org. That's S-T-A-N-N-E-B-A.org. And they'll have some information on their website as well. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, and Broken Arrow. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.